Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Olive Podcast. In the main episode this week, we shared ways you can support the Cook for Ukraine initiative. And in this episode, we've included some highlights from one of its founders, Olya Hercules, as she talks about the beauty and diversity of the food of our homeland. This podcast was originally recorded back in 2020. Here, Olya tells us about the summer kitchens of her childhood. All over Ukraine, uh, we've got these uh, special kind of outhouses. It's a one one room house essentially, nothing glamorous, but it's got you know your your four walls, a roof, and a little porch. But inside is just a kitchen. Uh, they exist because Ukraine is actually uh, incredibly hot in the summer and people didn't used to um, have air cons. But during the summer is when you would do the most cooking. Um, so they kind of built these essentially what are kitchen workshops um, and they're situated a little bit closer to your, I, I call them vegetable plots, but actually it's almost like a small holding. People grow a lot of vegetables, you know, they've got orchards, etc. So this is where you, apart from everyday meals, you would also do all of your kind of like super intense pickling, you know, semi-industrial pickling operation come September where all of the vegetables, all of the glut is kind of like being put into uh, jars so you can have it uh, over winter. So when I was little, I I also had um, we uh, we also had this summer kitchen, and um, you know there was a table, an old kind of telly that nobody ever watched. Um, obviously, there was a, an oven and a uh, and a stove top and a little larder. Um, as I say, nothing glamorous, but it it's filled with kind of these beautiful memories for me. Um, because obviously, I remember them as a child, so you know I, I do tend to romanticize them a little bit, but. One of the most kind of memorable things was waking up in the morning in the summer. In Ukraine, we have really long summer holidays from the first uh, day of June till the last day of August, like three months, full on. And mom would still go to work. Uh, My brother was eight years older than me. So, you know, he'd look after me kind of thing. But he was a teenager, so he would sleep until like noon, you know, as teenagers do. (laughs) And I'd wake up. And the first thing that I do is, you know, uh, trundle to the to the summer kitchen, which is just across, like a few steps away from our main house. Uh, and on the table, my mom would have uh, put a couple of bowls, you know, covered with a tea towel. And one bowl would, would normally, especially if it was June, uh, when it was super seasonal, you'd open the towel and there'd be little, tiny little, very sweet strawberries that she'd collect from our, you know, little uh, patch that we had behind the uh, the house. And uh, 
more often than not, uh, not I will uh, admit that I would uh, devour them all. <laughs> and Steal them. <laughs> one, one day I did leave half for my brother and, I've been, and I was patting myself on the back the whole day. I was like, ooh, I'm so generous. And then the other bowl would contain uh, maybe something like curd cheese uh, dumplings, almost like um, Italian nudie, but they'd mm. be sweet. So, so they'd be like... Uh, yeah, kind of like covered with a bit of honey or something, and oh, wow. uh, probably to be honest with you, sugar at that point in the eighties. Yeah, and you know, but it was delicious. It, like a delicious breakfast would be left for us, and um, I think these are my first memories. And also, another one is definitely um, uh, trying the first cucumber of the season. So as I say, we would eat all of these pickles during winter. You know, it, Ukraine is extremely seasonal, and it used to be even more so in the past. Um, so in winter. Uh, you wouldn't, well, first of all, we didn't have supermarkets, but um, there was no unseasonable, un- unseasonal uh, veg. Uh, root vegetables, whatever was in season we ate, but also all of these kind of like ferments and um, things taken out of jars. So the first cucumber after like, after about four months of uh, not having anything fresh, you know, there were, there were also like these really small ones with prickles on them. And so aromatic. So when you kind of like bite into it, it they would taste sweet, and it would, you know, it would almost like make your head spin. I think that's another one that really kind of like comes comes back to me whenever I think of um, my my childhood in Ukraine. Yeah. Now Olya shares some foods unique to her homeland. It is of such high quality. Is the unrefined sunflower oil. And it's something that we use a lot as a finishing oil, um, both on fresh salads and also on your fermented veg in winter. It just, it tastes like pressed toasted sunflower seeds. And wow. it's incredible. It's almost in the same intensity as a sesame oil would have, you know, in that kind of like nutty and rounded and sweet. Um, and it's, you know, really dark kind of amber in color. It's just such a beautiful oil um that you know what and for ages in the 90s after the soviet union broke up everybody went off it they were like oh sunflower oil it's so like common you know everybody just suddenly got into really bad quality olive oil <laughs> so oh, so suddenly yeah, suddenly uh, yeah everyone was using olive oil and now recently in the past 10 years people were like wait a minute we've got these amazing we've got this amazing produce and we've got this amazing oil why did we stop using that you know i remember my mom just there was just a point where she went, oh, this olive oil is actually, it can be really amazing, but what we get in Ukraine is not very good quality. Why are we not using what we've got, you know, growing in our backyard kind of thing? So, so yeah, that's one of the things that's uh, fantastic. Um, and I'm just trying to think of something else. Yes, and there's, again, uh, of course, Italians have their lardo, but um, we have a very similar um, um, cured kind of salted uh, pork fat that we do called salo. So it's mostly fat with a very small strip of meat. And um, it's, you know, sometimes we freeze it and just slice it and eat it like lardo with with some pickles and, I don't know, a shot of vodka or something, <laughs> if you're doing that kind of thing. Or, you know, you, you fry it and, uh, and um, use it basically as a, as a cooking fat. Or you also bash it together with garlic and salt and dill uh, and other herbs. And then you can stir it through borscht at the very end of cooking. And it gives that kind of like savory, umami, salty, delicious um, porkiness to your borscht. It's really good. 
Here, Olya explains how borscht can be made in so many different ways. There's so much to be said about borscht. Uh, do a whole podcast on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, you, you could. You could do a whole podcast on it, uh, quite seriously. I have a very long essay in Summer Kitchens um, about it, and I've done a lot of research on it. Um, just to give a tiny bit of background to our listeners, uh, I did travel about 10,000 kilometers around Ukraine, which considering its size maybe is not even, you know, that much, but it was it was like super intense long journeys. And uh, we went to every, you know, corner of Ukraine pretty much as much as possible, north, south, east and west. And I, um, and I interviewed people um, about uh, kind of forgotten recipes and, of course, about borscht. Um, it is our national dish and everyone has an idea of borscht, you know, that their mom or their grandmother used to make. And that's kind of the correct borscht that should be done. So when I was growing up, my grandma always said, you know, it has to be thick. It's, you know, it's full of vegetables. It's got beetroot. It's got uh, carrots and uh, cabbage, et cetera, et cetera. And she said that it has to be so thick that, you know, if you put a spoon in, it kind of like stands up straight. I mean, she was exaggerating a little bit. I mean, it's still a soup. Um, and she also said that it has to be pink. You know, if a red borscht that colors everything red, to her, it was, you know, sacrilege. You you can't have potatoes that are bright red from the, that beetroot, you know. And the reason why, though, and I, and I always kind of adhered to that. But then I, after my research, I realized why in the south of Ukraine, uh, if you go to a market, you'll see all of these beetroots, all types of beetroots there. And there would be uh, a sign that would say borshevi buryak, which means uh, specifically beetroot for borscht. And it's almost like the Italian chioggia that we get here. You know, the really fancy pink one. This is what we use because that's the one that grows in the soil in the south. So all of the color that goes into uh, in, in the borscht is from these massive tomatoes that we use as well. So it is kind of pink. Uh, but of course, I did all of this research and went to, uh, you know, up north and you get scarlet borscht and you get like super deep, almost purple borscht somewhere. And also closer to Poland, it's uh, it can be also almost like a consomme uh, without any, veg you know, you take the veg out and it's just like a really clear, beautiful crimson soup with these little dumplings. And it can be different and it's so special and very regional uh, up north in, the, in this area called Polisio. Uh, this uh, woman told me that they used to make borscht using elvis, which are baby eel. You know, it's, it's yeah, yeah, really interesting. Um, in uh, Poltava, central Ukraine, uh, they make these um, whole smoked pears, dried smoke, smoked pears. So you put them into a wood-fired oven at the end of a day when the heat kind of like subsides and is very gentle. And you, you do this treatment to the same pears for about five, five nights in a row. So they shrivel up and they almost look like clad in black leather. They kind of become kind of like wrinkly and um, and they smell incredible. They're smoky and, uh, you know, very rich in, in, in aroma and taste. And what you do is you, you add them to your uh, meat stock or vegetable stock, whatever borscht you're making. And then... Can you imagine it just adds that kind yeah. of sweetness and smokiness and it's just the most incredible thing. So actually, borscht within Ukraine is incredibly uh, regional and different and very interesting. In, the e in Eastern Ukraine, they add aubergine to it. You know, it's like a whole, a whole world of borscht that even I didn't know because, as I say, you know, you're just stuck in this kind of like what grandma says, said is correct, this is correct. But actually, yeah, there's so much more. 
And finally, Olya talks about the diversity of Ukrainian cuisine. There's uh, Carpathian Mountains, um, where, as you say, the Ukrainian highlanders live, and um, some some call them Hutsul people. And, um, you know, it's almost, Ukraine can be almost compared to Italy in a way, because up north, like in Italy, we've got um, earthier flavors, we've got forests and mushrooms and all of the berries that you would associate also with Italy. And also they have, of course, um, banosh, which is a polenta dish. So they use quite a lot of corn as well in the, in 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 a very similar way that they do in northern uh, in northern Italy. Mm. So yeah, hutsuls, you know, it's a lot of hard work uh, happens there. You know, uh, they do a lot of shepherding, and or, you know, it's it's kind of like a tough environment. So they must have uh, over ten variations of like things that they do with polenta. It's incredible. Uh, and the most famous one, banosh, is in my book, and um, it's delicious. Uh, they actually cook it in this mixture of um, almost like a creme fraiche, I guess, uh, mixed with water. So they boil it in there. It's a very rich dish, but you'd need it if you live there, you know. Um, and then it's served with either uh, crispy lardons or uh, or with a little bit of this um, local cheese called vurda, which is this salty kind of... It's not quite like feta, but it's got it's kind of similar, maybe a little bit to that. And it's you know it's it's fantastic food. Another dish that I loved um, that was cooked for me there was um, a chupena, which is potato that is mashed with um, broad beans. So it's like a spring, you know, spring early summer dish, um, and uh, yeah, super delicious. Um, and of course, you go a little bit beyond Carpathians to this area called Transcarpathia, and you are the. Um, so I'll start that again. So when you get to Transcarpathia, the village that I went to was a thirty kilometers away from Hungary, from Romania, and from Slovakia. So imagine wow. the uh, influences that you get from all of those three countries. You know, the language was different. Like actually, it was Ukrainian, but I didn't understand a lot. There's you know, there's a really kind of interesting dialect there. And depending on which village you're in, you know, you'd get words from whichever cultures you're close to. Um, those borders kept on shifting and moving. You know, you could have been born in Poland and then you got married in Romania and then you died in Ukraine or something, you know, because those borders <laughs> would have just, you know, and you lived in the same village kind of thing. How bizarre. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And the food there was just... Um, amazing something that I you know because it's so far away from the south of Ukraine where I'm where I'm from you know about I don't know 900 kilometers or something or maybe I'm exaggerating maybe 600 something but far and um, you would get loads of paprika and uh, you know we were there in June and people would go into the forests and collect bilberries which were extremely delicious and they cooked these incredible steamed buns um, called hombovci. Um, also, this recipe is in summer kitchens. It's basically you make a yeasted um, milk kind of enriched dough and you make the dough almost a little bit wet to work with. And you're like, oh, my God, how the hell am I going to do anything with it when you first knead it together because it's so wet. But then it expands because of the amount of yeast that you put in. And it and you make these buns basically 
uh, that you fill with your seasonal fruit. So at that point, we had bilberries. So you 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 put bilberries in, you you turn it into a bun, and then you steam them, and they puff up, and they have this quality of almost being like a you know how you, you get the satisfaction of a bao bun mm. when it's so so light. So yeah. that's it. So you get like almost like a sweet bun filled with these berries and then you toss it in, in a bit of melted butter and then you toss it again in uh, toasted fo- uh, walnuts bashed with a little bit of sugar. And oh, it's just like God. the most incredible thing. I, I keep making them <laughs> at home now. Like every Friday, I'm like, lockdown. Oh my God, I really need to. Yeah, yes. You know what? During lockdown, I was like, you know what? I know sugar is bad and everything, but I'm breastfeeding and I'm craving cake so much. So I've been eating quite a lot of these buns. <laughs> well, it but, sounds like uh, a nice op- uh, alternative to sourdough that everyone's been making. Something a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're actually really easy to make, but so, so delicious. And, you know, sometimes the. You can, you can see the berries kind of almost bursting out and it is just ah. such a delicious dish. And um, they've got this other dish called Bograch. Um, I just posted a thing on Instagram recently. They cook uh, this uh, broth in a, in a almost like a cauldron that you put over fire outside. Okay. And, you, and you have like a uh, smoked pork belly in there and you've got your beef ribs as well. It's quite meaty. And then, uh, you know, it's tinged with paprika, with hot and um, and smoked paprika. And you put whole vegetables in it, including like whole onions. And for those who know, you know, that whole onion is actually a prized possession because by the end of cooking, it absorbs all of those meat mm. flavors and paprika and everything. So it's such an interesting region. But then, to be honest with you, every region of Ukraine is unique and interesting. And as you say... There's so much variety, obviously, in in climate, uh, in in your landscape and surroundings. So, you know, up north and west, you've got all of these forests and mountains. So you'd expect your boletus mushrooms and berries. And you go down south where I'm from and it's super flat, you know, step. Uh, and we, ha- we get these tomatoes that are... I'm just holding my hands up uh, to yeah. our listeners. They're it's like... Short, like shoulder width, almost. <laughs> like a small, like a small. Imagine like a small pumpkin. Yeah, there. My mum, my mum had one last year. I, I actually weighed it, and it was seven hundred grams. So all, you wow. know, almost a kilo for one tomato, and it's Jeez. and it tastes incredible as well. That was a special episode of the Olive Podcast. To find out more, head to olivemagazine.com, follow the Cook for Ukraine page and hashtag on Instagram, and visit the Cook for Ukraine page on JustGiving.com.